Goal! Touchdown! Home run! Hole in one! Strike! Bullseye! Ace! Knockout! Yahtzee! First place, gold, winner, MVP, champion. Sorry about that. I get a, a bit carried away when I'm rooting for my team. I just can't remember what sport they play. But I know that one of those things is definitely the right thing to say. Welcome to the Supply and Demand Podcast. This is your host, uh, Greg, along with Nate, Stephen, and I am Mike. What's up, everybody? How we doing? What's happening? You know, we're doing. Today is December 11th, I think, time mm-hmm. of recording mm-hmm. right now. Yeah, It is. It is. It will be the future by the time you listen to this. But. Yeah, it'll be some sometime in the future. But um, it's yeah. nice, nice. Uh, so right now will be the past to them. Mm-hmm. So we're kind of talking to ourselves in the past. In the past, we're talking. We're speaking into the future. Mike, what message do you have for yourself one week from now? Do not eat the eggplant parm. That would be. <laughs> that's so. That's the most <laughs> ominous message ever. I'm, uh, I'm concerned that you though. just I'm concerned that you responded so fast, Mike. I know it, it's funny. I, I I knew exactly what I was going to say because that, that was the first regret I the most recent regret <laughs> that I have. So, um, hopefully, I'm not even going to name names, but the person that made eggplant farm for me never hears this podcast episode. Wow. I'm sorry to hear you don't remember what uh what sport your team plays. Yeah, show. I mean it's uh well, there's lots of sports out there, Stephen, and sometimes names are similar, the the rules are similar, the pace of play can be similar. And uh and as you know, there are dice are involved in many different games. Uh, almost different all sports. of them. I can't think of one <laughs> yes. that doesn't have them. Right? Yeah, like when the they uh, when they when they figure out who's go who goes first in football, they roll dice to see who gets bullseyes. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> snake eyes, I mean, snake eyes. I was gonna say that um, that would be way more interesting if instead of a, a coin yeah. toss at the beginning of like football they games, played, so, yeah. they played around a Yahtzee to determine who goes first. <laughs> they just ro- they just roll a craps table out. <laughs> I was at a I was at TJ Maxx today, and I saw a Yahtzee game that was shaped like a cup of noodles. So I'm starting to think that maybe like the Yahtzee, you roll it in the, you shake it in a cup of ramen noodles. So I'm starting to think that maybe we're running out of ideas for games and sports. Well, <laughs> It's funny you say that because this is a, this is a major tangent already, but um, TJ Maxx has a pretty impressive game section. I was um, blown away. Yeah. But yeah, are they uh, new games or are they just remarketed all, old games like of, the cup of soup one? There's that. There's also this mystery. Have you? Uh, it's murder mystery game. There's several different permutations of that game that I've are seen, sprinkled throughout. Those. It seems There's like most of the of... innovation these days is happening in the card game space. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's like the that's where there's the most wiggle like the, room to. Is there like the Cards Against Humanity uh, inspired? Yeah. Is that what yeah. you mean? Mike? Yes, yeah. Yes, exactly. There was one that my brother 
brought home the other day where it's like you have to convince people that like your object would like win in a fight against the other object and it's all kind of drawn out through through cards so card cards are just like the mechanism that you have an, a, a fight over and yeah i mean steven your, your family is probably like the king of card games i feel like you guys are always bringing a new one to the table you got any new new holiday card games we we do enjoy our card games slash board games i i want to talk about some but a couple of them are gifts for um, people that might listen to this i i I assume this episode's going to be airing before Christmas if we uh, it should. are thorough with our release schedule. But um, yeah, I'll talk about it next time. Okay. But um, mm-hmm. that being so ne- said, oh, what do you got? Okay. I was going to... No, please. Okay. I was going to contextualize... Uh... You're going to give an update to the board games next podcast. Last podcast, Greg teased us that he was going to give us an update about uh, yes. what we talked about then, now. And it's actually, um, you know, speaking of eggplant parm, uh, mm. Greg, last Whoa. time you were, uh, yes, you teased mm-hmm. us about the idea of an Italian Thanksgiving that your family was having. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to give the listeners a quick update on that? Sure. So, <clears throat> uh, Instead of doing a traditional turkey feast, we did a an Italian. Um, really, it was just spaghetti and meatballs, and we had bread and garlic bread and that sort of thing. Um, and we did that because not nobody in our family loves turkey. We all have it because that's just what you do um, on Thanksgiving, and because it's a lot of work for the people who are actually cooking the meal on the day of Thanksgiving and and the days leading up to it. So. We had spaghetti meatballs. I think we had salad. Yeah, we had salad too. And we had the traditional array of Thanksgiving desserts. So we had pies, we had pumpkin pie, apple pie, and pecan pie, which is kind of strange to go with the pasta, but you didn't have cannolis. overall it was a it was a good six it was a it was a success, I would say. Um I said in the podcast that I would not be I would I was not going to be surprised if we all were sitting around saying this is delicious but i wish we had stuck with the traditional meal but um nobody really i didn't really hear that sentiment uttered um so i think it was a rousing success i hope we uh, do it again next year um the the one caveat i will add is that i was sick as a dog on thanksgiving and therefore could hardly taste the meal i was not covid but i was just really stuffy so you know how that happens. So, uh, sorry to hear that. Yeah, that's okay. It's, uh, it was poor timing, but everyone's getting sick right now. So, um, it is that time of the year, but yeah, that, um, that, that's the update. And I, uh, I urge other people who are listening to at least consider adopting an alternative meal system on a, on a big holiday. Speaking of meatballs is classic. It's easy to do. And uh, it's delicious. Damn right. Well Welcome said. to the dark side. Thanks, Mike. Holiday meals. <laughs> um, yeah, before we get started, we have some listener mail that we got to get to. We somehow managed to get one listener mail 
before every episode. And so thank you to, you know, all the people who are sending that in. Uh, Mike, do you want to want to read that for us? Yeah. Am I supposed to say their name? Like, I forget if we respect anonymity in the listener mail. Is that you can give them a quick shout out? I don't remember, to be honest. Well, sorry in advance to Chloe, listener Chloe, who has a question for us. Um, All right. And it reads, long time listener here. I was wondering, what is your most unpopular opinion, funny and or kind of controversial? For example... I think that tips should be earned, not entitled. But I follow that I think wages should be high enough so that employees don't rely on tips to make decent pay. And just as a add end, um, their funny one is that Mariah carries the worst. Boom. Thank you, Chloe. That's fair. Mariah Carey is maybe not the worst, but she's... Definitely in the she's, bottom uh, 50% of people. She's getting the that bag right now, as she always does in the holiday season. Yeah. I don't know if that wages one is that unpopular. It seems pretty reasonable. Yeah. I mean, do we want to do you want to unpack that one first or just kind of what, what do you think about the wage like, versus tip situation? Yeah, it's so as an example of just how horrendous this problem in our society is becoming, um, maybe not, maybe this is normal, but I went to a Starbucks this morning um, and uh, like they asked me for a tip on the screen at the Starbucks, like, you know, just like the card reader. I was like, come on, not in, not in a chain, not in the chain, you know, debit card reader. This is, this is ridiculous. You didn't, you did not earn a tip. There was yeah. no service here. It Red happened uh, to me two days ago. I was at a, I was at a show like a concert, and I was, um, I was like checking my coat into the coat room, and I had to pay to do it. And then there was a tip uh, prompt as well on top of the, um, on top of the checking in the coat. So I ended for, up paying like seven bucks or something to for checking like, your coat to check my coat. Yeah, no. That's I was like, I really had to sit with that. I, I like I haven't checked my coat anywhere in a while, but I was like, is this has this always been a tipped? I generally don't know, but it's like everywhere you go now that people have those little machines that prompt you for like the you know fifteen to twenty five percent tip range. Hmm. Those machines are bold too. The lowest one they like that you can see on screen is already at eighteen percent. I'm pretty sure. Hmm. Yeah, some do that. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Does I, I, it's hard to think of an unpopular opinion just off the top of my head. One going off the uh, going off the Mariah Carey angle. Mm. Um, one of my steadfast unpopular opinions is that I now I won't even say I hate. I'll say objectively, Imagine Dragons sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I hate Imagine Dragons. They are just the bane of my existence. It's the most, it's just, and look, I, I enjoy Radioactive as much as the next guy. They put out a couple classics in the, I don't know when that was, 2014, you know, era, but every one of their songs 
there's like none of their songs make any sense. They're just like, Come on, you don't like Thunder? They're just ice. <laughs> <laughs> Thunder's the best example of the worst of their ability. It's just complete senseless <laughs> nonsense. And every song, they just choose some cool word or phrase and they just say that as the chorus. Really and the lyrics, the lyrics wow. have no connection. They kind of do. Yeah, it's just believer, thunder. <laughs> What's the new one? There's, yeah. <laughs> There's some new ones too that I'm like, yeah, it's um, misery right from the the arcane show on those. Mm, yeah 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 which yeah. actually that's probably my favorite song of theirs but i honestly think that's because arcane uh makes the intro really cool with like their mm-hmm. art style but um yeah i just see i see imagine dragons as a really a really soulless empty artist i don't really i don't really see any artistry in what they do and it's not like it's bad music. It's catchy enough, but I think it's a shame. They're like routinely in like the top 10 artists listened to on like, I don't know, the billboard list and stuff. And I, I, they just, they seem like they were like, like there was some focus group in a record label and they were like, what should we put together to make a popular band? And they came up with a bunch of words like radioactive and, you know yeah no innovation no creativity um, exactly yeah and like who knows who they are like who knows like there's not like anybody idolizes like oh i love the drummer of imagine dragons nobody gives a shit like you know (laughs) (laughs) i have a few musical unpopular opinions this might make some people mad i don't like kendrick lamar i don't like uh, his voice. Um, Are you allowed to say that? <laughs> well, I don't know. We'll find out. Um, I I'm just not a big fan. I've listened to a few of his songs. Uh, I just can't get into it. Um, so I know, I know he's like. I just think of Greg just like stewing to me and Nate <laughs> listening to Kendrick Lamar like any time the past like four years. It's uh, just his voice. Like it fair. just doesn't doesn't. Uh, I don't like it. Maybe and, you played it too much, Nate. Maybe that's on you. My you other, said? I said maybe you played it too much around Greg. Maybe that was a yeah a mistake of yours. Greg, it got it got mixed in with other resentment Greg held towards me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry. Um, my other unpopular opinion regarding music is I think the Beatles are overrated. This is not <laughs> to say that I think the Beatles are bad. I want to be clear about that. I think they're overrated, um, and that's it. That's it. And then I have something that's somewhat very quite silly and it's not really an unpopular opinion, but I have this conspiracy theory that I've thought up that I don't think I've never heard before. I've never heard elsewhere, oh. but I, be, I almost believe it. I think anything, anything that happened before like the Renaissance did not actually happen. It's all made up. All the Greek stuff, all the Roman stuff, Egyptian stuff, it's all made up. Conspiratorial. There's no way. (laughs) There's no way that you had like all these blossoming civilizations in the ancient world and then they just disappear for a thousand years. That doesn't happen. So I think wouldn't some historians say that isn't that sort of an oversimplification? I feel like some people are like, Yeah, that's what you were that's what you were taught, but really like 
China was thriving during those years when other civilizations were kind of on the down low. Yeah, no, that's that's fair. I just mean the sort of Western tradition of history, like the stuff yeah, that yeah. happened uh, in the in the in sort of Europe and um, like, the cradle like, civilization area area and stuff like that. That's my uh, that's what I think. And um, the, if you tell that me is, that that is awfully unscientific for it, if you tell me that there's archaeological evidence to suggest otherwise, I'm just going to say they're look, they're all in on it. So everyone saying, is in on it. All the so you're historians. Saying it didn't it didn't happen like full like, stop it or it just didn't, didn't happen, happen as it was told. It didn't happen. <laughs> okay. Right. What about like the castles that are there? I don't know. No, they in, like in it Ireland. Didn't <laughs> but no, they were fabricated afterwards. You, Have you seen the castles, Stephen? Huh? <laughs> Have you seen the castles? I, I, you know, I've seen the movies. <laughs> Stephen, the, the thing is with the castles is the castles are there. Like the castles are like a uh, Middle Ages kind of deal. They're not ancient. The ancient oh, so stuff, you think, like, oh, the, so you think, like, okay, so you think the Middle Ages happened? Yes. So not like so Middle Ages so, slash Renaissance happened, like everything before the plague. Nothing. Well, the Middle Ages nothing. and the Renaissance are not. No, the but Middle Ages like that's like another five hundred years before. Um, hmm, that's fair. That's fair. I would call Middle Ages like one thousand to fifteen hundred, maybe, maybe nine hundred right. to fourteen hundred. I don't know, something like that. Maybe not. Maybe it's a little early. See if I can get a scientific answer for that. Well, I'll I'll have to I'll have to refine this theory. What's Um, your What's your opinion on the trebuchet? Was the trebuchet real? (laughs) The trebuchet? The trebuchet was the first human invention. (laughs) (laughs) It was that then the wheel. Yes. (laughs) I just you thought it went wheel then trebuchet. It was actually without without thinking too hard about it. I want to hear a timeline of how Uh, how human history started as we know it. From Greg, uh, just real quick, super simplified. Like from super simplified from the yeah, fact with, checker with Mike the, or from Greg? No, no, no. With okay. this, no, I don't no, have no, the answers. Yeah. <laughs> with this well, theory, Stephen, Stephen, what happened is everything happened the way it was said, except it just happened about a thousand years later than I actually than they say. No, three three thousand years later than they say it actually happened. Oh, so you don't think it didn't happen? You just think they smudged a date greg have you adopted creationism since we since we grad what are they teaching in pittsfield i teach ela nate so it's all okay. about the things that you interpret so oh boy that's what i've interpreted from my reading of history full stop is this I'm the done. is this the end product of postmodernist education greg yes well this this dovetails nicely into what we were talking about last week last podcast with with college education Mm-hmm. Yep. There, it's all frauds, all fraudulent this stuff. A, if you go to college, you'll <laughs> you'll end up thinking that history didn't happen. No, it's just well, not the way interpreting this. The way that I have found the truth, Stephen. Oh, <laughs> you have all had the wool pulled over your eyes. Okay. I've discovered the truth. We're still in the cave. Yes, exactly. I got <laughs> Which didn't might... happen, by the way. That's oh, probably man. the most. Plato was not real. Opinion. Plato was invented by. By Baruch Spinoza. Greg's Greg's blog is actually his 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 scripture writing writing the truth to the people. Did you well say- if you if you read the first letter of the third word of every paragraph <laughs> and you string all the all of them together, you will find a <laughs> a sneaky message in there. I'm not gonna lie, he's getting me. <laughs> 
What's Barista That's all it takes, Mike. It's confidence, man. It's confidence. <laughs> well, that might be the most unpopular opinion I've ever heard. I'll give like a really simple one to get us out of here. <laughs> um, I don't like French toast. I think it's gross. And I don't know if this is an unpopular one. I was going to say the whole thing. Like, I think it's really dumb to clap at the end of movies because like you're giving validation to like no one that's present i just think that's such a weird um thing to do and also like clapping for things like planes and train like like i don't know if you should necessarily applaud people for doing their everyday job and if, if you are supposed to do that i want to get clapped for every day i walk downstairs um, it's like a tip jar mike it's the same thing it's, a, it's the same thing. yeah it's just i guess different... i'm in lockstep with listener chloe then that's mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah Every I don't time, want any extra reward for doing. Every time <laughs> somebody, job. an audience claps when there's not a a performer or something, I always think of you, Mike. I, <laughs> so it happened a couple of weeks ago. I, <laughs> I'm trying to think of what it was, but yeah, I always think of you. And there's there's a uh, clapping yeah. for nobody. An unexplained tear just rolls down my <laughs> my face uh, when it when it happens. I'm like, <laughs> that's, that's why a- I have to wear the blue light glasses. My my eyes are always distressed. That's a good one because I feel like a lot of people probably feel like that, but then they just got caught up in like the herd mentality yeah, of just herd mentality. just doing it mm-hmm. once everyone starts. Yeah, I was watching a Christmas movie with my my family and some friends that came over yesterday, and it happened at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. And I, I had like a very, in your house. Yeah, I had like a micro. Like I was like, "Am I going to cause a scene?" <laughs> Which <laughs> like, movie was it, Mike? It was called Scrooge. It was a, I think it's 1970s, just mm-hmm. another one of those Christmas Carol remakes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't a great one. It wasn't a great one. I, I don't even think it really warranted the clap. Didn't even earn the claps. Um, no, it wasn't. You know, Bruce Willis level, you know, Pulp Fiction style cinema. This is maybe you have an opinion about that too. But would you have clapped for the best movie ever made? I don't know. I might have, and I might be a hypocrite for it, but in principle, I don't think you should. It certainly was not Scrooge. Yeah, yeah unless maybe, maybe if you go to the premiere of the movie and you're telling that, that, the people they fair. did a great job that's and they fair. made something trans- transformative, like yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And we're I, all at AMC in in Eastern Massachusetts. I don't know. I don't think I'm gonna clap. <laughs> so I, I remembered what I was gonna what I did not clap for the other week and it'd be a great segue into our main topic so all right um la- right last weekend last weekend i went to a bar with some of my co- co-workers to watch the u.s world cup game the u.s uh, uh netherlands uh, world cup game um and not much to clap for yeah there was not <laughs> much to clap for but in well we got one goal but also in just like any time like the goalie our goalie blocked what do you even call it? you know guarded a ball i don't know um saved, any, saved, yeah, saved a ball a- anytime we accomplished anything there was a round of applause and cheers from this bar and i was think- thinking of you mike because i was mm. like the players nobody can hear you who has a stake in this game mm. Mm. and i often do feel the and I, maybe it's because i watch soccer most but like i do i get a lot of the like so, for example, right, England yesterday, uh, as the time of this recording, lost to France. And one of the reasons why they lost, they missed a penalty late that would have tied the game and sent it to extra time. 
Um, and I always have those moments where it's like, this is your job. You're supposed to do your job. Um, maybe it makes it worse when they don't do it, but like a goalie making a save, a routine save, it's them doing their job. Do we need to clap? I don't know. If I was, again, in, if I was in Qatar, might have clapped. <laughs> but not much to clap for uh, for England yesterday, nor for the U.S. when we lost the Netherlands, sadly. Yeah. yeah, at the time of this podcast, it's right before the start of the semifinals for the mm-hmm. 2022 World Cup. We've got, who do we have left? Argentina versus... More- no, not Morocco. Portugal, uh, Croatia. Croatia. Croatia, Croatia. Yes, Morocco. And then France. Right? Yeah, that's what it is. Wow, really? Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. some upsets then. Oh, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Big one. M- uh, many of them to do with penalties. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah, it's been a fun World Cup. There's been there's been a lot of a lot of surprising um storylines, triumphs, heartbreaks. Um, as there always are. Um, obviously, there's the the deeper kind of narrative at play around the Qatari government and FIFA and their mm. relationship with one another and um, how their values might be at odds with much of the participating nation states. Um, it's all made for a really interesting just scene, I think. Um, yeah. yeah, it's weird to try to get all of, you know, like countries from all over the world gather to do this one tournament. And it's sort of like a lot of different kinds of cultures clashing. And when you're in a place like Qatar, that's so different than like North Americans, Western Europe, then, you know, it's sort of, it's something you notice, I think. Yeah, is it is it do. is it Qatar or Cutter? Because I've heard, I've heard people in the Don't know me. say that it's pronounced Cutter. It's, but I've always I've said also Qatar. I've also learned recently that the correct way of pronouncing it is Cutter. Very strange. It's a very. Oh. I just thought of my unpopular opinion. <laughs> pronouncing <laughs> things the right way—that's a shit pronunciation. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's popular, Stephen. Mm. Ah, good, good. There's a really um, fascinating moment that you just made me think of from like the World Cup that I feel like is a good example of this. Obviously, um, the US and Iran have pretty frosty relations right now. There's, I believe, some sort of internal conflict in Iran as well. Um, Some some public protesting or something. I don't know enough about it to really speak intelligently about it. But, um, uh, you know, the the US and Iran's continued kind of um, cold-ish relationship. Uh, when they were playing each other, actually, in the World Cup, um, was sort of displayed when a journalist asked um, or interviewed one of the American players, the American captain, Tyler Adams, and and actually corrected Tyler Adams for his mispronunciation of Iran, saying Iran, um, and 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 then basically proceeded to like ask him how, uh, like, I, I forget the exact sort of question that was posted, but basically like you know, how can you support like a, you know, society that has been, um, you know, so horrible to African-Americans over time. Um, 
and he he just like kind of you know gave this really poetic answer about like you know people learning and and you know being honest with themselves and and changing uh and prog you know progressing um and then kind of pointed back like to the iranian journalist and he was like like i am right now from the you know the lesson that you just gave me about um how to correctly pronounce your country so i thought it was a really interesting answer i thought it was like it's kind of cool it's not cool but it's it's interesting to sort of see the way that uh conflicts that are happening outside of sport seem to kind of be nudging their way into sports um obviously like um russia not being at the world cup is its own story and yeah all of the um you know all of the sort of you know investigations into the way that migrant workers have been treated in Qatar and stuff like that so there's there's a lot there's a lot going on um sorry for that tangent but i i love this stuff i think it's really interesting it's good do you know if um i don't know if you would know this but did russia qualify for this world's cup and then they were disallowed or was it before they even had the chance to make it Mm, i don't know i know that it was still during world cup qualifying that they were uh disqualified so they might they might not have reached Mm. qualification at that point they probably again this is really speculative but russia's usually i believe they compete in the asian qualification zone they're pretty competitive consistently um they're at the last world cup i believe god i hope i'm right about that um but yeah they they were not they were not given the opportunity to uh finish their qualifying um and ukraine actually became they were one game away from making it in and lost to i want to say scotland or one of the this is ukraine yeah um they did not make it they were they were quite close it was very emotional yeah it's funny um like being sort of older and more aware of what's happening around the world the difference between how you interpret international sporting events like the world cup and like the olympics now compared to how you did uh when you were younger um i had this class in college that actually was kind of annoying i i I wish i didn't take it but it was um, something about the politics of sports. And I learned a lot of, a lot about various, especially in the Olympics. Cause that was like sort of one of the main topics about how, um, the Olympics can sort of wreak havoc on the cities that they're hosted in. Um, and if you guys have, has, has anyone been to Montreal, any of you guys been to Montreal? Yes. No. So they have like the old Olympic, I guess they have it in other places too, but they have like this old Olympic park there. Did you that, go up to the like mm-hmm. power thing? Yeah. That's pretty cool. It is pretty cool, but it's also kind of useless. Like it's just a tourist attraction. It's this huge complex of uh, different um, sporting arenas and there's a pool in there and stuff like that. So it, it gets some use, but they're these sort of, they get these, these permanent, um, these permanent structures get built for like this two week long event. And, uh, so it kind of messes with the infrastructure of that city. Um, and then I also learned more things about how there's all sorts of corruption. Like you, like you suggested, Mike at, at the FIFA, the level of FIFA and also the level of the 
international Olympic committee. Um, and so it's like, it's, it's funny because on the one hand, sports is this thing that's supposed to bring us all together. Um, because everyone, it's sort of a common language that, that we can speak between everybody, uh, who is familiar with the sport at least, but it's also this thing that can cause lots of divisions, especially in a, in a time, like, I guess it's, we've always, there's always been major geopolitical conflicts in the world, but especially with the context of Russia invading Ukraine this year, um, with the context of China seeming like it's going to, uh, invade Taiwan in the next couple of years. And also with the Iranian thing, which just to give more context on that, um, there was a, I think a 22 year old woman who was arrested by Iran's like morality police, basically what they, it's, it's kind of, it's complicated, but for not wearing the proper head covering. Um, and then she was beaten to death in police custody. And so there's been at this point, like two or three months of pretty constant protests throughout the country about changing some of these, um, draconian religious based rules. Um, so all these sorts of things are bubbling up over the world, around the world at the same time as the world cup is happening. And so we look at it and we say, why are we even like, why do we sort of play against, like, why would the U S agree to play against Iran for instance? Um, but then it's also like a lot of people really enjoy it. And, um, it, like I said earlier, it can be sort of, it can connect people of all sorts of different cultures and stuff. And it's, it's really cool. I haven't actually watched any of the games this year, but, um, I have been in previous years and it's cool to see like the different, uh, sections of the fan, um, of the stadium. They're all wearing the same color and they have the same chance and they all speak different language or they all speak the same language, but each country speaks a different language, obviously. So it's just kind of cool to see, um, that camaraderie happening at the same time as all this division yeah yeah definitely at all especially the like you said the olympics and uh the world cup those two things i mean they literally bring together well um i'm not how many countries are in the olympics is it more than the world cup the world cup i think 32 teams qualify I'm yeah, it's sure. got to be more than that for the Olympics. I think that yeah. countries like the United States, Russia, China compete in like pretty much every sport in the Olympics, but there are some countries that will participate just in one or two sports. So if you think across all of the different activities of the Olympics, True. Um, I, I would probably guess there's like 50 or 60 countries that participate and the 32 thing for the world cup is for the bracket right isn't that why they do 32 teams uh yeah well, yeah sort of well, for the for the group stage yeah there's two teams that advance and two teams that don't advance from each group and then they play like a yeah round of 16 kicks off their knockout stages does that add up yes <laughs> yeah yeah okay <laughs> yeah i for some reason i always thought the world cup was like bigger throughout the world than the Olympics. But the more I think about it, I, I'm now I'm not so sure because I feel like it is. 
but go ahead. Right. I, I don't know. I guess because soccer is like the most popular sport in the world, or, or I guess football for non-Americans. But um, I don't know. Just I maybe it's because it happens every four years. So it seems like a like a thing you wait for for longer as opposed to I guess the Olympics happen four years, technically, you know, the winter and the summer thing. But I don't know. I wasn't actually sure. Yeah, something I think that's kind of interesting about soccer right now in general, maybe this is more so in like the club sport level, but um, there's a lot of like urging from uh, teams and and even, yeah, like other countries for them to actually like expand the lists the the numbers of, of teams that can like participate in tournaments so that they kind of get access to the benefits that like the countries and the teams that that do get to participate in those really high stakes like exclusive tournaments get mostly in like the benefits that come from like the really lucrative international tv rights deals like global soccer especially i think just because of its global reach is at a point where like um teams like premier league teams because of their positioning in the world like have a complete like unprecedented edge on all other teams and being able to spend um on their own infrastructure on players on anything they want to really because like they have like the best essentially like the best tv deals a lot of them have also just like really rich ownership but even those that don't like some of the poorer teams in the premier league make more than the best teams in the other European countries that have, you know, high level soccer because they still reap the benefits of, of those TV and cash prizes that like they get from, from being involved, like in the system. So there's all this kind of pressure for them to like expand who gets to be in like that system. Um, and that's kind of where we saw um, when we were all living together, like the European Super League that fizzled out was this attempt by like all of the biggest teams from around the world to try to consolidate some of that power and sort of franchise a league similar similar to like an American sports league that you never get knocked out of. So you're always getting the benefits of international awareness and money and, and just kind of being in that like churning like machine all of the time. Um, because any any team that misses out, like for the World Cup, for instance, like you miss out on qualifying, like Italy did by a game, like like the U.S. did in the last World Cup, you miss, you know, a generation's potentially shot at, um, you know, expanding U.S. soccer on the global stage. You miss all of the commercial and political uh, awareness that you might get um, from being there. So, like, big governing bodies and teams, like they they don't want to miss that stuff. So they they want to. They want to be a part of it as much as they can. So it's as much of a business and, and even more so now than it really ever has been. Yeah. I, uh, I, ho- I hope we see the day in our lifetime where the, uh, the USA soccer team actually has a good run at winning the World Cup. Maybe, maybe not win it, but it'd be awesome if we did, but. You know, at least make it to like semifinals, finals. I just think if we could get the interest in soccer in the United States up, then, you know, those crazy athletes that just can play whatever sport they want, they, you know, 
obviously they could, you know, go do basketball, football, whatever. Maybe a couple of them might start looking at soccer and then might have ourselves a team. You guys think um, soccer is ever going to overtake football in the United States as a sport that's like the, the, the national sport? No. I mean, that's even. Sorry. Sorry, what did you say? Well, I said, I feel like it's like if you were to like map the trajectory of football and soccer, soccer is definitely on an upward trajectory in popularity in the United States. I think that's pretty obvious that, um, you know, people like in our generation are more interested in watching soccer games than like our parents' generation um, and whatnot. And then if you think about like the trajectory of football, I would American football is, I think, pretty obviously the most popular sport in the country. And it probably is still increasing in popularity too, but there's plenty of controversies about football, especially with like injuries and uh, concussions, CTE, mm. stuff like that, where there's sort of questions. I'm not really sure what, like, not sure what the parents are saying these days about kids playing football. I'm, I'm not a parent, so I'm not an, I don't hear that, that sort of gossip, but I think that there's sort of conversations about like, do we want to have our kids play football when they could get a concussion and seriously injure themselves long-term? So I feel like there's, there's starting to be maybe decelerating interest in football or popularity of football and you know maybe you could map those lines where soccer's on upward trajectory football is sort of flat and maybe maybe at one point soccer would overcome football but even then i feel like that would be in like a hundred years like it just seems like football so popular it would take yeah even with soccer becoming more popular it has still has so much so so much to go to to reach the nfl is just I don't know. The NFL in the United States has a, become a just a crazy thing. That injury thing is a good point. Uh, like, if you think about what football was like 30, 40 years ago, like when your parents were growing up, like the the equipments, like yeah, what you what you were allowed to do and stuff, it was it was a lot different. I mean, you could really mess some people up, and I like the the people watching football at that time as far as i can tell liked it because you know i'll i'll have my uncles say to me all the time like uh this i mean football back in the day used to be you could actually hit people and stuff like that yeah i mean we've all heard we've all heard older relatives or friends that's like the number one thing that yeah middle-aged men complain about when they watch football games is like you know that shouldn't have been a penalty you know they should just let let that happen that's and it's another reason why they like dislike soccer is the the you know players are really you know going down on really light physical contact is like a strategy in soccer it's a way to to draw dangerous opportunities and that it sucks and it's annoying and it's controversial but like that's it's an important strategic element of the game because you play the ball from where you're fouled. Yep. So 
but people hate that that grow up on you know intensely physical sports i think the other thing the, the reason why I, I think i agree with you guys like i don't know if they'll ever eclipse like american football is just because like every other country that we're talking about that has like a big presence in the world cup even now in the final four right like these these kind of teams like it is their sport like it's not always but it is you know largely like the most popular sport in these countries and 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 they have tradition and memories and, and culture that's like based around that for like decades and decades and decades and we have that in different sports like like steven you're saying like your uncles will recount the stories of like football and watching football and playing football american football when they were when they were young and that's just not a thing here i don't think um so i feel like people are like waking up to like the business uh, like potential of soccer and that's why you're seeing like more American ownership groups like move towards buying soccer teams. Like LeBron James owns Liverpool with the Fenway group who also owns the Red Sox. Like I believe the LA Rams owner, there, there's a lot of like American sports owners in different sports that are investing in soccer right now because they see its valuation, especially the premier league just going, you know, planetary, just the, the exo, exo planetary. Cause it's, it's so uh, successful right now. Um, and we're seeing the talent get there too. I think while they're seeing like, okay, there's more money in soccer now. That means it's possible to become rich and famous and be a superstar like our Christian Pulisic's and 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 I guess like your Tyler Adams's and and Tim Howard's of the world. But um, yeah, just whether it reaches the same heights as like a cultural co- cornerstone like a like an American football does, I don't know. We'd have to like we'd have to create that tradition. Um, where these guys have had it, you know, for 200 years in some cases, right? So not 200 years, maybe like 100 and change. Did you say LeBron James owns Liverpool? He's a part owner, yeah. Is that in so facto mean that he's a part owner of the Boston Red Sox? I don't think so. Oh, it's not. He's only, yeah, I think he's only invested in liverpool i have that right right like the same guy owns both yep. teams okay. yep john henry of the fenway sports group that that investment vehicle um those guys yeah they own both huh. i wonder if there's something like distinctly american about american football that would it would make it hard for it to go away um like uh maybe something about the violence of it i mean i don't think mm-hmm that the U S is uniquely violent as a, as a country. But, um, I do think that people like, I don't know. We just like watching violence on TV. I mean, like that's why wrestling is so popular and, uh, MMA and stuff like that. Um, I was thinking I recently saw Mike, something you said made me think of this. So let me, let me try to, let me try to wrap these two things together. Um, you said that one of the chief complaints of, or maybe Nate said this, of older dudes watching football is that um, it's not like it used to be, basically. Like, it's it's not as good as it used to be. So then I was thinking, like, maybe it's, um, like, sports are always going to change, and you're always going to be nostalgic for the way things were when you were a kid. So maybe that's, maybe that's, Maybe there's the, the the change is not objectively good or bad. It just it just is. It, it's like the change has happened, and so you sort of have to roll with it. 
Um, but then I was thinking about baseball. Um, and I feel like baseball actually has gotten worse over the years. And I don't know if that's just me saying it because I used to watch baseball as a kid and now I, I mean, I don't watch it anymore, but even if I did, I, I wouldn't like, it would be sort of excruciating to watch because it's so slow. I was reading this article recently um, about how Moneyball sort of ruined baseball. Um, I don't know if you guys have, Nate, you're nodding. It looks like maybe you've read this. I like the movie. Do you mean the movie? Or yeah, the, was, like, yeah um, sort not, of. It's it could not be the, the movie. The strategy not the movie itself, the strategy. By- the, the okay the oh, like okay. data driven so sort of okay yeah so the 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 central claim of the of the article was that because moneyball the strategy so for anybody who doesn't know moneyball is this book written by michael lewis later made into a movie that uh tracks the oakland a's general manager who started using i think it was the oakland a's started using yep. um data to make uh make picks for like like draft picks um and and finding sort of obscure pieces of data that actually ended up making the um making the team better like i think one of the pieces of data was like how fast does the batter get out of the batter's box after they've made a hit like how many how many seconds does it take to get to like I don't know exactly what it was, but I know one anyways, of them was, was on base percentage. I believe I, mm-hmm. I just remember from the trailer, like everybody was questioning the Brad Pitt in the boardroom or whatever. Like, ah, oh, we can't take this guy. Like he has like 10 hits and he was like, yeah, but like he gets on base, like he finds yeah. a way to get on base. And that's the most yeah. important element. It's of hit baseball. Or it gets, yeah. He, he's, yeah. He's right. Like it doesn't even matter if it's a walk. It's mm-hmm. what is the percentage? So, what is the likelihood that he's going to make it to first base? Yeah. So the, so the argument is that, um, because baseball became so heavily reliant on data, then everybody started adopting the money ball approach. And then it just became like baseball just became harder to play and became harder to watch because basically what they discovered is that like faster pitchers make for, um, like more strikeouts. So then, then teams would go, um, find uh, pitchers who were faster. And then as a result of the pitchers being faster, the hitting coaches were instructing the hitters to swing, like um, have their swing go in more of like an upward arc so that they could hit more home runs. But when they do that, they're necessarily missing more because they're not trying to make contact with the ball. They're trying to hit home runs. And so like there's more strikeouts now than there ever were. I think he cited in like the lat the, the 10 um, the 10 years, uh, of most strikeouts were the past 10 years in baseball. So like every the last 10 years, there were more strikeouts than, and then the previous, whatever, hundred years of baseball. So yeah. I don't know this. is So it's making one, like, there's just, I was just trying to make that connection. Like maybe some like sports are inevitably going to change over time. Um, and rules are going to be added and taken away depending on whatever. So but and so i do think there are some sports that certain things certain certain changes can be made that will actually make it worse and i'm wondering if baseball is one of those Hmm. yeah it's like a i feel like one of the 
sort of in summary thinking like one of the fallouts from the money ball strategy is just it's like maximizing the probability that a team will win it's like what we're gonna what are all the measures that we can take to be as like winning as we can as good of a team maximizing like the effectiveness of the team and that's not necessarily the same as like playing the game it used to be played or as an entertainment vehicle it's like it's almost like getting too serious yeah it's like too competitive changed it from like an more of an art to more of a science yeah for sure people don't get people don't get like jazzed up about science you know (laughs) i mean some people do but most people don't most people are more likely to watch something that's more yeah poetic or artistic or yeah, and I, I really love the movie Moneyball. That's a movie that I watch clips of on YouTube on YouTube all the time. And they really do portray the old the old timer um like drafting guys of the A's who Brad Pitt basically disagrees with and overrides all their decisions. They depict those guys really well and like their frustration really well of like this is the way we've picked baseball players our whole lives. We've been doing this our entire career what are you talking about that you're going to pick this guy? Like, you know, we know what we're doing. Um, and it, it is sort of Brad Pitt taking the, the art away from it where it's like, no, like I don't stop trusting your gut instinct, stop relying on the way things have always been done. Like we're crunching the numbers and we can calculate exactly who the best draft pick will be. Yeah, or not really draft pick. I guess they're trading old players. That's sort of the mm-hmm. charm of it. But um, I wonder if it, do you think it's specifically for baseball? The like how you how you said, Greg, that baseball is just worse now. Mm-hmm. Do you think it could be also to do with the fact that they've cracked down more on performance enhancing drug use and also like. I think I think it was like the I forget if this was the football thing or if this was the baseball thing, but that like stick 'em stuff that pitchers would like put oh, yeah, on the their way. hands. The mm-hmm. was it like it was like tar, no, tar right? Oh yeah, was it, tar? it was tar. Maybe I don't know. They probably used all sorts of stuff, but um, yeah, yeah corking yeah, the bats and stuff like that. Yeah, right, right, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it would make <laughs> the pitches way harder to hit and. But, yeah, know. I mean that could be that could I mean I'm sure there's many different factors that are leading to the decline yeah. of baseball. That but like, it's funny the, like that, yeah sorry go ahead, go ahead. It's funny to see like the sort of squabbles between the different factions of baseball lovers who some of them want the rules to be changed to modernize the game, and others just really want the things to be kept the same like. There, there's a pitching is there a pitching clock now do you guys know this is this i know there that they, there's been clock, talk yeah. of adding a pitching clock like a shot clock yeah I oh, maybe there's a, well. is there a pitching clock there isn't unless they like added it this past season i do i know I, there's I, a i know what you're talking about one thing they right. did do is they limited the amount of mound visits you can you can make as well because yep. they used to oh, just yeah, like yeah. have the catcher would always kind of go up and confer and like custom call a pitch the managers mm-hmm. would be constantly coming out so they like yeah and then they they put, put yeah. a limit on that but i think generally they have i don't know if it's just like an unspoken rule if it's an enforcement but the pitchers are pitching faster than they used to i think 
but that that was for fear of I think losing people to the slowness of the game. Right. I think it was purely the entertainment. It's also like, thing. and like you see this, you see the money ballification, if you want to call it that, in in the amount of times they change pitchers throughout the game. Like, uh, it's very rare to hear of someone throwing a no hitter or pitching a perfect game anymore. I mean, it's always been rare, especially the perfect game, but, um, because. Like they'll take, they'll strategically take out a pitcher after 106 pitches or whatever. And then they will put in four more pitchers, especially if the game is tight and they, and they want to, they want to put in a, a right hander to, to um, pitch against a left hander or whatever it is. I forget which it might be the batter that has the advantage there. Either way, it's like they, they do all these things because they're trying to, as Nate said, maximize the, they're trying to like science the heck out of the game. And it's just like the fans are just like, how, why do, why are they doing this? Why do they keep like another commercial? Really? We have to go to this again stuff like that. So, but I do, that's a good point, Steven. I do like, maybe if people hit more home runs, maybe if they just allowed steroids, uh, it would be more interesting to people because yeah, more home on, runs would happen. <laughs> well, that's not what I was saying. Hold on. But uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, uh, that actually, what you just said made me think like over-sciencing the game, kind of making the fans just not as into it. Made me think of like how I always think of like what football is like now in like a big game, whenever there's a penalty, it's just like the refs like go into a, like go to the yep. sidelines and they're just watching a TV screen for like sometimes close to like I don't know like six seven minutes they're mm-hmm. just yeah going over they the don't, tapes and then they don't even make the call it's the guy in New York that makes the call right and I guess I see what they're doing trying to like be as precise as possible but I, like it just it I feel like it interrupts the flow and the also like yeah if they didn't do that you would surely get some bad calls every now and then but maybe it would you know it wouldn't make the some fans happy maybe it would make other fans happy but it would at least invigorate them in some way no matter what the call was but uh yeah i uh I don't know. It just, yeah. It seems like when sort of an activity like this, like a competition of sorts, gets to the point where both parties are playing too close to perfection, that it's almost not entertainment anymore. It's just, it's not, it's just boring. It'd be like Mm -hmm. watching two like AI chess engines play each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That it's is just, what baseball almost is. Yeah. As <laughs> exciting as at this point. Yeah. It, it's kind of interesting to see too. I just, I've, I've watched so many like podcasts and stuff about this now too, but like with soccer, just going back to soccer, very similar trends that you see in like with video assistant refereeing, you see it in the world cup now, like referees constantly going over and checking to make sure like things are accurate. It definitely takes away the artistry, for accuracy so like there's less debate but there even is still debate because like the like pushing and like the amount of physicality that that goes into a push 
and intent when there's like a an arm that reaches out and gets a handball like all that stuff is still in the rule book as being like the key factors in certain scenarios of like what makes for certain calls being made and that's still subjective so it does what steven says where it becomes like you know a 30 minute debate but then the d- decision's still controversial so everybody kind of loses in that um yeah and honestly you know having things not go to video review and being called like yeah it used to just kind of be accepted that that was like the way that the game kind of operated like some things went one team's way some things went the other team's way now it'll just be like i don't know we we put a target and and put all of our prayers into you know what the referees you know that are as greg said not always even there are deciding which is uh which is sad but um well there's talk of making there's talk of making a the umpire, the home plate umpire obsolete in baseball because they really don't need one because they have cameras and stuff and they could just be, have like a robot basically call balls and yeah. strikes. Oh, I so want to that's... weigh in on your your home run comment too. That reminds me. So Aaron Judge of the New York Yankees was the uh, voted the most valuable player in the American League of the MLB this year. MVP. And he had, I believe, 177 hits. 175 strikeouts he almost has many strikeouts as he did mm-hmm. hits um which is a it's a pretty crazy stat and if you ever see him taking play big swings like candidly yeah he either strikes out or like is swinging for the fences and a third of those hits were home runs which mm-hmm. i think might have been a record he hit 62 home runs when you say hit does that yeah. imply that he got on base yeah so like Putting okay. the ball in play, and unless there was base. like a fielder's choice, maybe no. Those no, might no. count. Do those not count as hits? Those don't count as hits. I don't think actually. Those count as outs. Where does a walk? Is a walk is not a hit. It's gotta be put putting the ball in play. Um, but yeah, fielder's choice. I think because they could technically be thrown out, I think mm-hmm. doesn't count as a. Oh, I see. Yeah, count as a hit. Um, I was just gonna say something I think is really interesting about some of the best soccer teams in the world now is that they kind of rely on what's called like systems where they basically kind of like what you guys are saying, they, they source these like formulaic players with these attributes that fit into a system um, that everybody has like their, it's not even really about the the positions they play anymore, more so like the roles that they play in the team. So like having somebody that has a lot of energy to like chase down the ball and, and get the ball back um, or having uh, defenders that can also play, uh, really good balls in uh, for like headers for for like strikers to get onto or having a striker that is athletic but is also physical so there's all these kind of like archetypes that people are now kind of figuring out um, that that make for like the most optimal like mix basically um, and, and and all of the value goes into like chasing down those same like two or three players um, and then, yeah, teams otherwise have to kind of rely on, I think, data to try to find that sort of archetype in cheaper players. Um, because going back to kind of the initial conversation that we had, only a few teams can really afford to buy the players that are like decisively like known to be world class. Um, just because like that's that's the way that um, profit is kind of set up. Um, if you're if you're not a rich team you you don't get the you don't get the access to the to the base and the best you got to try to like find it with data 
Yeah, it's like it's almost like sports have been overtaken by the nerds. That's <laughs> like the nerdification of of sports. Yeah, it almost sounds like when you're talking about like the systems and the different kind of strategies of positions. Like it almost sounds like they're. It sounds it. It gets kind of video game like. I don't know. Yeah. It just seems like you're, like, you know, look, crunching the numbers and optimizing your team. It's like, just like a very nerdy, uh, extreme we've taken, um, designing sports teams and um, plays and strategies. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if the rise of like video games and just sort of that kind of I don't know, board games even. Like that sort of thinking has come into into sports at all. I was yeah. actually also thinking of video games when we were talking about how like um you know, getting like the highest level of play between two given teams as you know, you wanna you want your team to win and that's it. Because video games are an interesting medium to see that through because like when a new game comes out that's a competitive multiplayer game everyone's more or less at the same level as long as you you know know your way around a controller but or a mouse and keyboard whatever but the the difference is with video games like there are people out there who if they really like the game they'll play like a hundred hours a week and all of a sudden, within a couple of years, the, the pros of that game are playing at like almost peak performance of what's even possible for the game. And it's just, I th- that could be what's happening with like real life sports, but it's, it's just taken a lot longer because obviously nobody's going to the baseball field and just hitting balls for a hundred hours a week or you, I get even moreover, you can't get a whole baseball team and then a whole nother baseball team to actually practice a hundred hours a week. So you're getting that much better, that much faster. But with, uh, yeah, like you said, esports. E- I mean, I've always wondered, you know, is it something that's just sort of a little niche community that, you know, some people are into, some people aren't, or is it, you know, is it going to eventually blow up into something that, you know, people will tune into, you know, just on Sunday nights or whatever? Yeah. I think um, sports are more of a cultural phenomenon than anything else like if you look at um one of the interesting one of the things i really liked about world history was learning about how different cultures over time um have similar things that they do but they just do them so differently so every sport every culture has a sport um and so like you learned about the ancient um incas and they had this game that was sort of like soccer and it was some sort of ball and they would throw it around and stuff And then even like, and like, even in, um, 
like I'm thinking Harry Potter, for instance, with Quidditch, like it's obviously not real. It's, it's not, it's not a real game, but um, you can see how in a society that where you can fly on broomsticks, that that's the game that would result from it. Um, and well, you know, Quidditch so I, is real though, you know, no, I, well, it wasn't really, it's not really real, Steven. Yeah, you know but I, I've seen the UMass Samhurst Quidditch team. <laughs> they were, they yeah. were all playing really low to the ground. I don't know if they had, there's like a flying restriction on campus, but I don't know. yeah, I think you have to keep the, keep the brooms under five feet. Oh, I think that's okay. what it was. That makes sense. That makes sense. There's a lot of geese. Um, but what I was going to say was with, there's probably so some it, environmental regulation against, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. They wouldn't want to. They wouldn't want to mess with the the geese migration patterns. I think with the um, the with esports specifically, I think it's going to be it's going to end up being like considered a sport, even though probably most of us wouldn't consider them to be athletic endeavors for the most part, unless you're talking like we sports. But even still, um, well, and- even that even that distinction between athletics and sports it's sort mm-hmm. of like that's true that's a good point it's true yeah and it's like then you see this is this is a, a pet peeve of mine like um the world series of poker is on espn like every other week um and uh that's confusing <laughs> to me because it's, it's ESPN so is the, the sports network and it's and that's poker which is not a sport in my opinion but anyway so i, th- I do think that over time we're gonna see a rise in Esports, not that we haven't already, but like just based on my interactions with students, like middle schoolers, all they do is play video games. And if they're not playing video games, they're watching YouTube or TikTok or Twitch or whatever. They're watching people play video games. It's um, it's actually pretty remarkable how not, much time not, kids not to spend. Dive, dive into um, this too far, but is it just boys or boys and girls? It's boys and girls to a much greater degree than when we were kids. Um, That's interesting. It is, but it's still mostly boys, but it's like boys and girls, like girls are, are doing it, are, are definitely playing video games a lot more. But some kids just want to do that for a living. Like you ask them what they want to do. They're like, I want to be a Twitch streamer or whatever. And they think that's about like a loop. It is, it is a lucrative career for some people, but they think it's like a, Right. But do you think that's any different than I feel like the most common answer to what do you want to be when you grow up when we were kids, like people would be like, I want to be a football player. I want to be a baseball player. Like, do you think it's different than that? Um, I think it's sort of different only I, I, I see it's the same logic. I get it, but I think it's different in that if you say that you want to be a professional athlete, then the things that you're going to do, to try to achieve that goal are to actually practice more to get outside and be active and stuff more. Um, There's also some more active and stuff, physical constraints on a certain mm-hmm. point. You just might not cut it or you might you know, right. realize I do not have the natural athleticism to you right. know, kind of self-selects a certain minority mm-hmm. of people that can really play at the big higher league where something that's more, you know, brain, brain powered, like playing a video game is like, well, you know, I could do it if I spent enough time playing this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, it's the same, it's the same logic, but I do think that it's definitely healthier to have your ambition be to be a professional athlete than to be a Twitch streamer. It's healthy for your 
body and probably for your soul too. The other thing is, is like you keep playing, you you can keep playing video games until you die. So there's no age limit for it. So there's also this perpetual sort of like a, it's almost like a, like a Sisyphus task, Sisyphean task where it's like, it's always right there. It's always right in front of you, but you can't necessarily reach it. Like only very few, Mm -hmm. a very small proportion of people are going to actually make it as esports people or Twitch streamers or whatever. Couldn't the argument be made though, that you could, you know, exercise in your free time while you pursue occupationally being a Twitch streamer or professional video game player though? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you could do that, but the other thing is, is like, you're not going to make money as a Twitch streamer at first. So you're going to have to have some sort of job, uh, in the meantime and so then you have a job and you're doing your twitch stuff and then how much time do you really have left over to um to be active yeah it's it's sort of just redefining what a sport is and Mm -hmm. traditionally you see a sport as like oh it's some extracurricular activity you get outside you get some exercise you you know compete with other people and this is kind of the opposite of that Hmm. I would, I think, honestly, though, your students saying that they want to be those things is probably more realistic than, you know, wanting to be a baseball player or a football player or whatever, Mm -hmm. only because, like, you know, back when we were asked that question, we said baseball player, football player, whatever, that, like, if we're talking sports, there was, like, five or six things you could say, like, baseball footballs soccer maybe hockey basketball blah, blah, blah. i think that's across there you go sure why not throw that one in there but if you want to be like a twitch streamer you could stream like any of thousands of different games that you want mm-hmm. and like, hundreds of them are you know competitive multiplayer games that if you wanted to go that route sure you could try to become one of the best at that game but if you didn't want to do that, you could also go the route of just being not so much, a, for lack of a better word, an athlete in the scene. You could be just an entertainer and someone who's funny and plays a variety of different games and just sort of, you know, brings happiness to people, you know, just by being them. Yeah. And there's a lot more room for the individual in, um, in Twitch streaming or whatever, like you said, Steven, like they, you don't have to be part of a team and do all those things. You have like sort of the freedom to do, you can tailor your own experience to whatever you want. And the people who watch you will also tailor their experiences to whatever they want to watch. Um, so it's good and bad because it, it's good because it gives people the opportunity to do things that they wouldn't be able to do before mm. as individuals, but it's also bad because it um, takes away some of the incentive to be part of a team and it's good to be part of a team and people feel happier when they're part of groups and teams and stuff like that. So I don't know. I mean, there's all sorts of, there's like, there's positives and negatives for all of it. Um, but yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's probably also harder to get noticed too, since 
like it's so easy to just make a twitch account mm -hmm. buy yourself a game console start streaming and hope for the best that you know starting out it's probably pretty difficult to get mm -hmm. noticed but i don't know actually then didn't you stream for like a minute or two or at least start to mike I, I dabbled in the in the streaming yeah i mean like i, I tried to set it up ultimately yeah i mean I think, I think it requires the commitment i mean you could you could do it in your your spare time for sure and and maybe that works out for you but i know i mean successful streamers seem to be streaming like like the big ones seem to just be doing it all the time and and i do i mean in my job right now i, I work with streamers and influencers and and i really do believe like like the future is is with the quote-unquote influencer or, or creator I, I i don't necessarily see um i don't i don't think the two like sports and influencers and and, and esports like sports and esports i don't think are are mutually exclusive things like i i do think that esports probably more so reflects just like a different style of like competition than what we traditionally think of as sports i think there's so many reasons why esports and streaming are positioned uh well for like the future as greg was saying like the entire next generation of like kids and their interests exists digitally and celebrities are going to exist in those spaces um so being there and and building communities there i like, i think that's that's probably increasingly increasingly going to be like who we define as like the the celebrities of of i guess people like younger than us so so probably like we we won't see it, but like those that Greg are teaching will probably see. Like those are the people that they'll come to worship and follow, and and I think that's even evidenced in like the kinds of like products and brand deals and and, and things like that. Like like that these people are now getting behind. Like the the athletes of our time sponsored the and were behind the products that we knew, and now it's like the streamers are behind the same things it's it's really it's like amazing to see that kind of cultural shift but i i think it's a real thing is it sports like no not necessarily in the traditional sense i think sports will always exist somewhere separate um but esports like are definitely they're definitely gonna grow like I, I don't think they're gonna they're gonna be going away anytime soon like video games and the popularity of video games i know i'm saying this from a kind of biased position but they're not going anywhere um it's like the most lucrative form of entertainment right now globally like of any medium um there as i think steven might have said like you can really get a lot of longevity out of them and and i think people will have longer careers just based off of maybe not competitively because i know there's like reaction time like steven was saying too like there's reaction time is involved in esports competitions and honestly like kids are the the best competitive players are the youngest guys yeah. in there like it's it's kind of amazing that like they're they're like the you'll see these like 28 year old athletes being in their prime and that same pressure is stacked on like a 17 year old playing Fortnite in front of like a hundred thousand people in a stadium but like that's some some subset of the population is going to continue to to find that as like the maybe like a sport level uh competition for them i think they're different like i enjoy them both i love video games and i love sports i think they tell like very different stories and we learn like super very different things about like humans from 
from them. But the common link between them is, I mean, I mean, we could probably weigh in on this, but I think that competition factor is really like what I see as the thread that you could use to call esports like sport. It's like they're getting increasingly skillful and competitive, um, and and the presentations come a long way too. Um, it's not like people playing out of the basements anymore. It's like you go to a stadium, you have like real musicians perform. Like Osier just performed at the Game Awards. Like like Al Capone, not Al Capone. Oh my God, Al Pacino. <laughs> just for, Al Capone was there. Al Pacino just presented an award. He presented oh. the award the award for best performance. What are you saying? So it's like it, it's we're we're just getting more and more crossover. I wish Al Capone was there. That would have been <laughs> incredible. <laughs> That would have been a shocker. Uh, I was doing so well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was that was very well said, Mike. Um, one funny thing I was gonna say. Do you think ever? Do you think uh, it is really interesting the the age of like professional esports players? I was just thinking maybe yeah, sometime in the future. Do you think there will be like a Tom Brady equivalent in esports, like a thirty year old who's like <laughs> still the best at Fortnite or whatever game? Like yeah. that would just be really cool. Like. I mean, Stephen, is it fair to say like the only comparable like Tom Brady level figure that there has been in esports so far, or like in streaming, is like a a ninja, or is that has that kind of is that even stale? Is that like a stale opinion of this? I should probably know more about this, but I just know Ninja is like he was probably the first to sort of he's not like really hit it big. He's in not streaming. like that old though. That's the thing. If that's yeah. what you were getting at, Nate, were you Nate? Were you talking like old, like longevity wise, or like popularity wise? Um, I just meant like someone who's longevity wise. I think I don't know, just someone, someone who's, who's still like performing okay. among someone, the yeah. world class competitors. Yeah, but, at an yeah I mean, they always. I think maybe today. I. They're, they're always talking about matchups where Tom Brady's against a quarterback who he's been playing in the NFL NFL longer than the quarterback's been alive. I think he they played the 49ers this weekend and he's yeah, yeah, yeah. he played like a 21 year old backup QB and he's been you know anyway. Uh like I wonder if that sort Mr. of irrelevant. <laughs> yeah. Um I wonder if that will emerge in esports. I, I don't think there probably isn't an equivalent right now. Um, we're probably not one to the same extent that quite, tom brady but, um, is but the only I, one that i can think of is there's a guy called dr disrespect who was like i don't even remember what the he was he always calls himself the two-time champion he like won some video game competition some something in like it might have been like 99 in 2000 <laughs> wow and, and to this day he's still like a competitor oh cool not like in like he's not like in esports but like he plays popular games at a high level gotcha gotcha yeah. i mean yeah there's a few like major players in the in the streaming video game streaming space they don't come close to like i mean if you look at like cristiano ronaldo's instagram following for example i think it's in the tens of millions like no nobody's there yet we don't we there there is no esports megastar uh person that's just like immortal and, mm -hmm. and unstoppable like that i mean yeah i'm sure there will like, be though. i'm not sure about that i just looking up pewdiepie has 44 million that's subscribers on youtube whoa yeah 
PewDiePie is kind of like a well, there's jack of all trades, kind of like internet personality. Yeah. I think. Yeah, we're oh, he's the a lines gamer, of who's a yeah of what yeah. sports or a yeah athlete or but. Yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, and there's PewDiePie definitely big ridiculous. Yeah, and mm-hmm. and Greg, I mean, that even opens up a larger conversation about kind of going back to like the internet celebrity. There, there are there's some big ones now, like like uh, Charlie D'Amelio was mm-hmm. just performing on Dancing with the Stars, which is a very uh, I would see as not a super like parallel entertainment show to like TikTok, but um, she won it, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah, she she won, and she was. And she has that. Her family has that show on Hulu. Yeah, so she's she's breaking out of you know her TikTok social media you know younger person bubble into all these different like places that just it's hard for I think me, like me personally to wrap my head around. But I can't imagine how people older than me <laughs> would think about uh, something like that. But like, we're getting many, there. Definitely getting how there. Many, how many followers did you think Cristiano Ronaldo had? On I guess Instagram? like sixty. Was I way off? I thought you said 10 million. I thought so too. I said like tens of, of millions, but I said oh, okay. 60. He, he did say tens of millions. 513 million. Whoa. Whoa. Okay. So a few more than 60. Yeah. Okay. That's 513 million <laughs> Instagram followers. Maybe so, a few of those are bots, but like. <laughs> maybe. Is that I the, guess. is he the number one? Is, it, is he the most followed he person is... on Instagram? He must. What? Uh, that's crazy. I, that's I know I remembered that yeah. like a soccer player was more, you know, had more Instagram followers than any NFL, NBA player, yeah. or anything like that. But that's crazy. That is, yeah. The... Um, one of I the mean, there's a lot of people this... in the world, so it's, you know. Yeah. But just because like, those guys the are, yeah. they're that's still about, on a, a different planet. From that's yeah. about one. Math is hard. One fourteen. Yeah. Well, one, in 15, I, one in sixteen now. Yeah, 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 that's what I was confused about. One that's absurd. <laughs> that yeah, yeah. That is that even? I mean, maybe some are bots, yeah, but potentially one in every sixteen people on the planet follows Ronaldo on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. I didn't even know five hundred thirteen million people used Instagram like that. One of my one of my friends <laughs> followed him, so there you go. That's one. That's right. Wouldn't you think that number would be higher statistically? Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like of your own followers or Let me common see. friends. Well, you don't see how many me? Ronaldo followers I have. No, I believe you. I just I I'm not oh. I'm I'm surprised given his following, like you don't have like more people in your circle that happen to just follow Ronaldo for some reason. Just because it's like one of the people like, oh like I have to follow like this account. That's almost what it mm-hmm. seems like people are doing with him. I could explain Probably. 513 million people following him. That's that's insane. Yeah, they're, I mean, they're hmm. athletes are like mega stars. They're that's, like, I mean, and, and and soccer athletes in particular, just people that are known internationally, like Ronaldo. It's it's there's nothing else like that. I think this is notoriety. I think this is before we actually started recording, but we were talking about like the most famous people in the world might be Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah, it it, it, it may that. be. <clears throat> By the numbers, simply. If you crunch the numbers. One of the things that <clears throat> actually, and Stephen, you you um gave this as an option of the thing, one of the things that we could talk about in the in the podcast. But one of the things that this esports conversation reminds me of is the sort of the weird the professionalization of weird sports or weird hobbies. Yeah. 
Um, so like beanbag toss, <laughs> you can watch beanbag toss on ESPN or bowling. Do you mean like or... cornhole? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, Sorry. Yeah, I, no, it's, it's... I didn't realize. I'm, I, I'm uh, a pretty avid pretty player myself. So <laughs> just so you know. This is what I honestly, I think this is one of my pet peeves is, is making things. Cornhole? No, no, no. I would actually I don't like cornhole. jump on making, that making things into bigger. I don't like, I don't like making professional. I don't like making like uh, hobbies. professionalism. Yeah. Hobbies into professional things that you do. Yeah. Like it's weird. Why do they do? It, it is. I mean, I guess in some, in some sense, every sport started as a hobby and then became a professional sport over time maybe sort that's of. a bit reductive but um it's just like why 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 do i have to i mean i don't have to watch espn but why do why does espn choose to cover uh cornhole or like shuffleboard i don't know if they actually do shuffleboard but there's all these sorts of funny like little hobbies that just turn into uh, into sports that bothers me bowling even bowling like and i think bowling is sort of different because bowling has been a sport for a while but you look at professional bowlers they do not look like athletes at all yeah. they just look like they've been spending they and they have they just spent they've been spending their entire lives at a bowling alley like with the with all the hot dogs and the nachos. I was going to say with like, the pizza <laughs> pizza served in the back. Yeah. yeah. This is a very yeah, so. like statement in response to that. Cause I just don't know if it's true, but like, I, I, I would, I would um, propose maybe that there's like some part of the population uh, that, that only watches sports to some extent that they've become like, like, like they're, they're searching for new shows and, and dabbling into new like genres of shows is like them watching like cornhole on ESPN two or something. Yeah. Uh, it's just like, them being like, yeah, I, you know, ESPN eight, the Ocho. <laughs> when ESPN eight, the Ocho comes on once a year. It's like, they're like, Oh yeah. College football wasn't on. So I watched competitive beanbag toss. So <laughs> cornhole, cornhole. Like, like ever, um, going to be a can jam. I would watch that. Yeah, that'd be funny. Have you ever actually like watched like the them play competitive cornhole? Yes, I have. It's extremely impressive. It's like <laughs> almost miss. it's almost uninteresting. They just keep throwing the bags in the hole. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a From, good like. I it, I mean I think it's like thirty ish feet away. That's crazy, but a good parallel to the the baseball conversation. Like the sport, <laughs> they get so good at the sport that it's not really interesting to watch. It's like okay, you can do it perfectly. Right. Mm -hmm. There's Let's this on. one that I've been seeing on like social media or like YouTube every once in a while. It's professional tag. <laughs> it's, wow. I Where do swear, they play? Like, are there obstacles or is it just an open field? Oh, it's set up like a gymnasium. <laughs> there's like a, maybe like a hundred foot by hundred foot square with like the craziest looking obstacles you'd ever seen there's like <laughs> there's like those like there's like barricades that you have to vault over there's like okay well that's good that make that i, don't know. I can appreciate that oh yeah. my god i'm, I'm watching it, they, and they're scrambling around <laughs> like it's for their life this I, is awesome i would seriously this recommend is... it to anybody who hasn't seen it to go look it up 
professional tag. <laughs> it's hilarious. So they, I mean, as dumb as they are, <laughs> I think they should like maybe like opposite of like oh, I guess the Olympics. Maybe like yeah, forget the time frame, but I think they should have like a dumb hobby sport Olympics. <laughs> Where they just do all of those kind of things, yeah, like in a separate thing, but yeah, bowling, darts, dodgeball, tag, axe throwing. Why not? You know, Uh, skeet shooting. Sure, Uh, is shooting not one of them? Uh, The real Olympics ones. There is shooting in the Olympics. Oh, there is. Yeah, maybe not skeet shooting. I think there is. Oh, really? Clay pigeons. There's there was another one too though forgot i'm watching so i'm watching ping this pong. there is ping pong in the olympics right there is the, that one yeah a, that's that's true. a real sport that's a that's a professional sport <laughs> right right there. ping pong is it reminds me of sport. reminds me of in the office when dwight is like all of my all of my uh all my heroes are professional ping pong players and then he <laughs> lists like four japanese dudes and one russian dude uh it's funny oh man yeah i don't like the i don't like the professionalization of hobbies but i do get a kick out of it when i see it because it's so silly like this tag thing i'm watching a video of this tag thing right now and there's guys from espn there with espn blazers on or or or, um polos are just talking and (laughs) these guys are are just running around these obstacles and tagging each other i don't know how they don't get hurt they probably do wait how does an ankle do they tag each other and then immediately start running? Like, like does it switch right away? It doesn't look like it. It looks like the winner winner stays on and the next guy comes in. So it's just two at a time. Uh-oh. It's oh. like parkour. Right. And it's like a, it is like an, like an athletic event. I mean, it's not, it's, it looks like there's, it's no joke. <laughs> but the, it's all guys there. So, so far. <laughs> and they all look like they're about college age. Beer pong. That's the one I couldn't think of. Mm. There's professional oh, like, beer pong. Well, there's like the beer mile too. Like that's a real thing. Um, what's, what's that? That the, that can be a beer... separate Olympics. Yeah. They can make the hobby Olympics and then the beer games uh, Olympics as well. The beer Olympics. Well, of that's, course. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um. Yeah. The 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 beer mile, Stephen, is when you you run a mile, but on a track, a quarter mile track, and every um, that sounds awful. At the end of every every quarter mile, you have to chug an entire beer. Oh, that sounds a little better. What do you think? No, it was? <laughs> the f- the world record time for that is like is like a four twenty. Wow! <laughs> what? Yeah. Oh my god! Insane. <laughs> what? What's the world record for a for a mile without beer? Like three thirty or higher. Three forty something. So it's probably yeah. not. Let me let me look it up. There's no way they only add 30 seconds extra to drink. I think four at beers. some point those margins get like razor thin. Yeah. Are you allowed? Are you allowed to food. drink while you run? Is that no, I, I would no, eat... no, you have to stop and chug it and then go. Whoa. 428 is the fastest. Wow. Holy that's <laughs> <laughs> so fast. I want to see the, I mean I want to I mean, see it's the probably empty like cans. a peak athlete this yeah. is, it. Yeah. This is hilarious. So the guy who the guy who has the world record is a Canadian. It says he ran 424 at the 2018 beer 
Beer Mile World Classic. Again, this is so silly in Vancouver, <laughs> but would and which would have shattered the world record at the time. But he was disqualified for having slightly too much foam left. Oh, oh no! I'm glad they're that strict about it though, because you know you don't you don't want to like run a good time and then just you know see you see him just not finishing that beer. Yeah, kind of cheese his way out of it. Oh, top man. the top eleven are all under five minutes. That's crazy. That's ridiculous. Running a five minute mile is just impressive by itself. I think it is. Mm-hmm. I certainly don't. I'd say I so. Could. It's worth worth some praise. I ran a four fifty something mile. Did you? Nice. Nice. Look at you. Fast. I'm not boy. at my peak anymore, but I bet you could still, you know, at least run a mile. Yes. <laughs> could do that hey you know all you gotta do is just go faster every day yeah i know it's a long slog to get back to the top yep it's probably probably about that time to start wrapping things up though yeah i think we covered good ground i think that was a nice little yeah tangent to topic to tangent to topic Mm-hmm. Sort yeah, of episode. Certainly a lot of things that listeners could write into us about if you, you know, have any comments or questions or I don't know, things or, you want us to delve into more. Or yes. if you want us to answer a, a, a listener mail from someone not named uh <laughs> not named Chloe or Morgan. Or Chris. Or Chris. Mm. Right. I'm sure we have more listeners than yes. If you want to be out there, come on now. <laughs> if there's <laughs> any listeners out there who aren't one of our loved ones who want to send in some mail, <laughs> that would be really cool. Oh, we we love you all. And you would do so by um, DMing or responding to a Instagram story on our Instagram account at supply demand pod. Just DM us. Mm-hmm. Please. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Uh, and have a happy, uh, have a have a happy holiday, happy holidays, a merry happy Christmas, holidays. happy Chanukah, if you if that's what you celebrate. <laughs> Why are you guys laughing? That's how it's spelled. I don't know. I'm not gonna try to Is correct really? any pronunciations. Uh, yeah, the real the real spelled with a C. Yeah, I don't think it's actually pronounced Chanukah. I think it's Hanukkah. Oh, I know for a fact it's not pronounced Chanukah. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> Okay. It's, this That's is a cutter situation, Stephen. A cutter is, guitar, Stephen situation. Potato, potato. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, happy Kwanzaa to you as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Happy my birthday. Oh yes, yes. happy birthday, Yay. Greg. Thank you, thank you. It'll be uh, by the time this has aired, it will be nope. one week closer to my birthday. Oh well, yep. <laughs> <laughs> Next time you hear from us, Greg will be a ripe old age of twenty-four. That's right. That I'll, I will, I will, I will join the ranks of you guys and uh, and be a twenty-four-year-old and yep. and be staring off into the future with terror, yep. wondering what next. It's great. It's great <laughs> to do that. I'm pretty sure this is our last year where like like our cells don't start degrading or, or something. Oof. That's great. I, I don't know. It's We're great. almost in which I don't know. I definitely we have reaching... some that are degrading. It seems we like have, a it seems peaked? like a Facebook fun fact, but I don't know. You see, are you saying that we've peaked? All, all four of us have peaked already. 
No, 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 no. Twenty. You have it until 25. a week from now, Greg. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the yep. day we turn twenty-five, I think is going to be our our physical our biological prime. Peak. Well, yeah. that must be an average. That must be an, an estimate. I, I, you know, it would change on the person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I, I have no sources to cite, so I'm gonna say you're right. Well, let's <laughs> let's go with the average and say, well, I'll peak at our 25th birthday. Fine. That was a necessary conversation. You're right. <laughs> I'm glad we did that. All right. Till next All time. Right. Goodbye. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye, buddy.